Hey, everybody, we've been in a series called Questions from God, and I really pray and I hope that it's been a blessing for you. Um, this is a series that the teaching team has, has, has prayed about and we, we talked about, and, and really, you know, the title is Questions from God, right? Now, it, I think it's amazing. I think it's, a, it's just a, a, a really crazy idea to think that the God of the universe, the God who knows everything about everything, the God who created everything, is going to ask somebody like us a question, and if you only just stop there, then it's, it doesn't make sense. But the reason that God asks a question as we go through these, these, these sermons, as we go through these stories, and you dig a little bit deeper, you realize that God's not asking a question because he's trying to find out an answer to something that he doesn't know. God is asking a question so that he can create a conversation, so that he can maybe make us think, make us ponder, make us have this, this, this uh, thing in our heart to say, what is it that God is saying to me? What is it that God wants to reveal to me? And, when you, and I believe that there is power in asking a question, especially with Jesus, with God, because then it creates um, an opportunity for God to bring truth in areas in our lives that we need truth. And so we've talked about different things. This is week number four. And I want us to turn to Mark chapter 5 for today. If you're, if you're writing notes, the title for tonight is Who Touched Me? Mark 5.25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction or her sickness or disease. And Jesus, verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter's dead while travel without a teacher any further. So this is, this is an amazing, amazing account of a, of a healing. And throughout the Bible, especially when we read the New Testament, when you read about Jesus, when you read about the, the early church and the apostles, there was a lot of healings that happened. Healing was, was something that Jesus said, hey, I've come to preach the kingdom of heaven. And, kingdom, and healing was a part of that. And, and, and there were so many, many accounts, many, many different stories. We read about Peter's shadow, just his shadow. Like he would walk by and his shadow would heal people that were, that were not even that super close to him, but close enough to feel his shadow. And they would be healed. The Bible says that the aprons and the handkerchiefs of Paul... When he was ministering, it is believed that he, he had the, in a specific area, in a specific city, he had this uh, apron and handkerchief that was on his body. And, 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 and if he would sweat or just, just, just wearing it, they would take those things that was on his person and lay it on sick people. And the Bible says that they would be healed. The Bible says that, that Jesus laid hands on the sick. Sick people would come to Jesus and he would heal all of them. In one instance, he commanded a person who had a withered hand, 
And he said, stretch out your hand. And the moment he stretched his hand out, his hand became whole. He made mud one time with his, with his spit, with his saliva. He made mud with the dirt. And he mixed it up and he put it on a blind man's, blind man's eyes. And the, the Bible says that he healed him through that. One time, the centurion asked Jesus to just send the word to his house and his servant would be healed. And the Bible says he was healed that hour. Healing is, 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 is from heaven. It is the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and here's the thing. There are different ways that the Bible says that God heals. But there's one common thing in all of these. And that is this. That there is an exchange. There is a transfer from the power of God through our faith to us and in the situation that we have a need for healing. There is an exchange that happens. There is a transfer that happens. Ephesians 2, 9 says this. For by grace you have been saved. 2, 8, excuse me. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. We are saved by grace through faith for good works. Now, when we hear this word salvation and saved, uh, you know, it's, it, our, our mind goes to when we first heard about Jesus. Maybe it was here in church or maybe it was through a family member. And, and you know, we say that and, and, and it's kind of like a church term, like our, we're saved, right? We're saved, and what does that mean? Salvation. Right away, your mind thinks, well, when I die, I'm going to wake up in heaven. You know, that's, that's like what saved means to me. And that's, that's partially true. But, but the, word, the word salvation in here in its original form and its original language in the Greek is, is actually means much more than that. It means, it means that when you are saved, when salvation comes to your life, that there's wholeness that comes to your life. In fact, if you were to study it and you look it up, it, it literally says that saved, healed, complete, protected. Like this is a package. It's not just a ticket to heaven. It is like a, a package from heaven that comes into your life the moment you receive Jesus Christ. The moment that by grace and through your faith, you're saved. And here's the thing that that's very really important about this, this scripture here and in the context of healing and the context of salvation is this, is that there is a specific order here. There is a specific order. It is by grace. It is through faith. And in verse 10, it says that we are created for good works. And many times we get this out of order. I think sometimes just by over time, you know, coming to church and hearing, hearing the messages and living life and going through different things is that it's a, it's a tendency to get out of order. In fact, Jesus told the Galatians, he said, who tricked you guys? Oh, foolish Galatians, who, who, who tricked you? How is it that you can start in the spirit and think that you're going to finish in the flesh? Because they started by grace through faith and they were trying to finish by works. I think, I think sometimes we get this out of order and, and the key words here are by, through, and for. And so we, we try to, and sometimes we don't realize we do this, but this is very important. Sometimes we, 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 we read it, but we understand it this way. By works and through faith are we saved. By works, by my performance maybe, by 
me doing enough to earn salvation. Remember salvation, you can say it this way, by works through faith am I healed. By works through faith am I whole, am I, am I on my way to heaven, and is the kingdom of heaven inside of me. By works through faith, and, and that's just out of order. It's impossible for it, for it to be by works, but, but sometimes we do that. Sometimes we put faith in the front. Sometimes we say it's by faith and through grace or through works, and we, we kind of just mix this up. But, but faith, Bible faith is not, is not an island. Bible faith is not kind of somewhere else on the, on, the, on, the, on the other side or somewhere else that's disconnected from grace. Bible faith has to be connected to grace. For it to be faith. And if it wasn't connected to the Bible, if it wasn't connected to grace, then it would be, hey, I have faith in myself. I have faith in this. I have faith in that. And it, and it becomes more of like a self-motivation. It becomes more of a like encouragement to yourself. And that, that's, that's not wrong. But it's limited to the Bible faith that God has called us to grow into. Because true Bible faith is connected to what he says. Amen, somebody. True Bible faith is connected because the Bible says this, this is what I believe. Rather than this is what I desire or this is what I heard or this is what I gone through, so therefore I believe that. So by faith doesn't work. It has to be by grace because the only way it's possible for us to have faith and to exercise and to grow in faith is first and foremost because of his grace. Because he is good, because he loves us, because he died for us, he said, hey, I will impart to you a measure of faith so that you can get something, so that you can grow and experience salvation. It's by grace, it's through faith, and it's for good works. See, good works has its place. It's just, it's just after grace and faith. Because the reason that grace is, has its places so that we can come into contact with Jesus. And the way we do that is by our faith. And the reason we do that is so that we can have good works, so that we can represent Jesus. The Bible says that we are a, a light on the hill, a city before, so represent Jesus Christ. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are ambassadors of Christ. Uh, it says, uh, do good things before men so that they can glorify your Father in heaven. Right? And so it's for good works. It's for good works. And when we talk about who touched me, when we talk about healing, and we hear about these healings, you have to understand this, that it, it, it's, it's first by his grace that we can be healed. Because it is, it is his goodness. It is, it is his delight. It is his desire. It is his design. And it is through your faith that you can experience healing in the Lord. It's not by your works. It's not just in your faith alone, based on nothing else, but it has to be based on your word. Listen to this. You can never earn salvation. You can never earn your way into the kingdom of heaven, and you can never earn the kingdom of heaven in you. It has to be by grace. So in Mark 5, we see Jesus coming back from the other side, 
of the lake of Galilee where he just delivered a man who was demon-possessed. The Bible says that day and night he was, he was chained up and he would just uh, scratch himself and, and cut himself. And it was very evident that he was demonically possessed. Jesus leaves the multitude, goes in a boat, goes over there and, and delivers him and then comes back this way. And that's where we pick up in Mark 5. And he is greeted by a multitude. And in, within that multitude, the Bible says that there was a man, one of the rulers of the synagogues, and his name was Jairus. And he begged Jesus, okay, who just delivered this demon-possessed man. He begged Jesus to go to his house because his daughter, Jairus' daughter, was so sick that she was at the point of death. So Jesus agrees. And while he's on his way, this is where we pick up the story. And it says that a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. Somebody say 12 years. 12 years. That's a long time. To have especially this specific sickness. Um, There's another translation that says it's an issue of blood. But uh, uh, it's literally a nonstop bleeding and it's believed specifically to have been a female problem with this. In Leviticus 17.11, it says that life is in the blood. Okay, because we'll just kind of give you some, some context here that there's a nonstop flow from this woman. How many of you guys ever given blood before? Raise your hand. Okay. I mean, you know, they tell you that you got to be ready and prepared because if you give blood, and especially if you have more that you give, then you're going to feel that, right? You're going to feel a little weak. Because why? Because life is in the blood. That's what the Bible says. And so can you imagine what this woman is feeling, mind you, for 12 years, a nonstop flow of blood? I would imagine, the Bible doesn't tell us, but if we can just kind of study this and go there just with our imagination, allow the Holy Spirit to show, give us, you know, really the, the, the value of this story is that she was probably weak, Right? She was probably not in her own strength like she would have loved to. There was probably some limitations because of this sickness. On top of feeling this, this physical feeling, according to Levitical law, she was deemed unclean because of this issue of blood. And this is still when Jesus was walking around. He had not yet died. He was still operating in the old covenant under the law. And so... This woman was unclean, and because she was unclean, she was not supposed to be around anybody. Because they believed that her uncleanness would then transfer, and whoever she touched would then become unclean, even though they didn't have the same issue that this person who was unclean did have or had. And so, can you imagine this for a second? Can you imagine suffering physically? For 12 years, and now suffering emotionally for that amount of time. Maybe she had loved ones. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I just, I just think about this, you know. Like, I asked the Holy Spirit about this. Like, what would that look like today? Like, you know, grocery shopping. How, how could she do that? How can she go out into the market and take care of the things that need to be taken care of at home? What would it be like with her family like that? that she loved once, you know, that she was able to embrace, that she was able to, to, to show affection and receive affection from. Like, she was suffering physically. She was suffering emotionally. And on top of that, the Bible says that she suffered many 
things from many physicians, and she spent all that she had, and she grew not better, she grew worse. I just want to give you some context with that. Because as I was prepping this, I really believe that that God was going to just inject hope in us tonight. Because maybe, maybe, you know, you believe in God for a healing, or maybe you know somebody that needs to be healed. And like this, this, this woman, you can relate. You know, you suffer physically, and you've suffered emotionally, and it's been hard. It's been wavering and this and back, and you've heard different things from different people and different reports at different times. And throughout that, you've, 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 you've spent your resources and your time that is valuable into it, and, you, and it feels like you've just spent it all. But I pray hope would arise tonight because hope is powerful. In fact, the Bible says this in Hebrews. It says that faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Hoped for. And so you can say it this way. Before you can have faith, by grace through faith, you're healed. Before you can have faith, you have to have hope. There has to be hope. And I just pray that hope would be injected in you tonight. Uh, Because even in this situation, even with this woman who suffered these things, Jesus still had the power and still had the compassion to heal her body. In in, in Mark 5, 27 through 29, in fact, these three verses is Ephesians 2, 8 at work. And I just want to break this down tonight as as we continue here and as we wrap up in the next 10 minutes. And and in verse uh, 20, 20, 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus. When she heard about Jesus. Think about this. If she had not heard about Jesus, what follows would probably not have happened. When she heard about Jesus. What, what, what this woman heard was enough to bring her hope. After the 12 years of suffering, after seeing many doctors, after spending all the money... What is, what is it that she could have possibly heard that was able to do this? I'm going to tell you what she heard. She heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is power unto salvation. Salvation, healing, protection, wholeness, protection, uh, uh, saved and, and on your way to heaven. It is power. She heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, when Jesus was walking around and doing miracles, like, like the one where, where uh, they laid down, they, they lowered down the man from the roof because it was so packed out they couldn't go through the door, so they popped open a, a piece of the roof. They laid him down, and, and, and he healed that man. He was paralyzed. He healed him. You know what they said? They said, we've never seen anything like this before. We've never seen anything like this. This is what they were hearing. This is what she was hearing. This, is, this was the gospel. This was the good news. This, was, this could be the Messiah. This is God in, in him. This is God on earth made flesh. This is, this is good news. There's hope. Jesus is healing. Everybody who came to Jesus was healed. In fact, there was a commotion. There was news that would, would be spread because of what Jesus was doing, healing, healing people who were sick, feeding the multitudes. When she heard about Jesus... It starts with hearing. Healing starts with hearing and hearing his word. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing his word. Healing starts with hearing. 
And there are, there are uh, specific scriptures in the word, in the Bible, that talk about healing, that bring faith for healing. But the Bible, the words authored by the Holy Spirit, in and it of itself has the power to heal you. Proverbs 4.20. Proverbs 4.20. And, and uh, it says this, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. My words, my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? They are life to those who find them, and they are health to all. Somebody say all. To all your flesh. Another translation says that it is medicine to your flesh, to your body. So, yes, let's, you know, you, you dive into scriptures that talk about, you know, by your stripes I am healed. You, you, you go into the scriptures that will build and edify your faith. Because why? Because faith comes by hearing. And the more you hear, the more your faith is going to rise up. But even if you were just to crack open the Bible and you just open it. You know, sometimes when you, you open it, you know, uh, you kind of have a, a Bible plan. But sometimes you just open it and say, Holy Spirit, you know, I'm just going to open it and see what you tell me today. That Anything, because it's word. What Jesus said, what he said, he said, my words are life. His word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word has power. Psalms 107 verse 20, he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from their destructions. If you're in need of healing, maybe you've lost hope. Maybe you've been wavering. Maybe you felt some healing and maybe it didn't feel like it, it was completed. This is what you do. This is where you start. This is where you go back to. You go back to hearing. You start with hearing. Hearing. Why? Because by grace through faith, you're healed. You're saved. The kingdom of heaven is inside of you. And so you go back to faith. You go back, well, maybe I don't have the faith. Well, that's okay because the solution to that is by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing. Acts 10.38 says this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. What did Jesus say? Power came from me. Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Psalms 103. I'm just giving you some word. I'm giving you some scripture. hoping that your, your faith would edify, be edified. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And don't forget about all his benefits who forgives all our iniquities, all our sins, and who heals all your diseases. If you ever thought for a second that your disease was too, was too much, was in a class of its own for God to see it, for God to do something with it, this scripture says that he heals all our diseases, all our diseases, and redeems our life from destruction. So you hear it. It starts with hearing, and here's part two. This is, this is faith 101. This is it. For she said, Mark 27, 29, says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind and she touched. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Her hearing about Jesus moved her mouth to say something. And her saying something, the movement of her mouth moved her body to follow Jesus and to reach out and touch Jesus in the midst of the crowd, in the midst of her suffering, in the midst of her shame, in the midst of even risking her life because she was unclean. How did, you get, how did she get to that point? Because she heard and she said. The Bible says, for she said. 
for she said, if I can just do this. The first step is to hear, the next step is to say. And this is faith. We think a lot of times faith is just believing. Well, I believe in God. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. But James said to the church, he said, if you believe, you do good. That's awesome. Good job. Good to hear is what one version says. He says, even the demons believe and they tremble with fear. And so faith isn't just to believe it or to think it's true, but faith is to hear it and to speak it and to, and to, and to do an action and to, and to produce action that would then touch Jesus somehow, some way. Faith isn't just believing. It's not just hoping one day. Faith comes by hearing based on what God says. And when you believe it, you speak it. And when you speak it enough, you believe it anymore, even more because the, when you speak it out loud, your ears hear it and faith comes even more. And you begin to speak it more and more. And it makes you move and it makes you to do something. It produces action in your life. Jesus, in this context of the story, you know, the disciples said, Jesus turns around and said, who touched my clothes? Who touched me? And Jesus say, well, everybody's touching you. Like, that, what kind of question is that? There's, there's a crowd of people. There's a multitude of people. And so, so there, was, there was a touch that, that Jesus felt that was different. There was, there, was, there was a difference, and the difference was faith. There was a crowd who touched Jesus, and maybe it was by accident. Maybe it was because, you know, they, were, they wanted to just be close to him, but they touched him waiting and, and, and walking to see a miracle. They touch Jesus basically with this in mind. Well, let's go see what's, what happens when he goes praise for this girl that's, that's very sick. They touch Jesus with a sign-looking expectation. But the woman who had this flow, she touched Jesus, not saying, well, let's wait and see if Jesus does a miracle. She touched Jesus with faith, and she says, I'm receiving my miracle right here, right now. That is, that, is, that is the difference. We, make, we come into contact with the grace of God, with the goodness of God, with the gospel of Jesus Christ by our faith. And not just hoping one day, but hearing it enough to where it moves our mouth and we begin to declare it, we begin to speak it, not just one time. Because in this, if you study this word speak, it, it, it literally means that she spoke it over and over again. So it might have looked this way. Said, if I could just touch, I, I know he can heal me. If I could just touch his, his clothes, if I could just touch it, I know he can, if I can just touch it. And probably she got pushed aside. Probably she couldn't fit through um, a specific people from the crowd, but maybe she got knocked down. But she probably said again, if I could only touch his clothes, if I could only touch his clothes, if I could only, I know I'll be healed. I know I'll be well. Maybe for you is if I could only receive a touch from God, if I, if, if I can only receive, because the Bible says that if you are any sick among you, call the elders, anoint them, they're going to anoint you with oil, and you will be healed. Maybe when pastor or somebody does a healing like you, if I only can get touched by them, anointed with oil, I'll be made whole, I will be healed. If I can only receive this, this power from the word, I'll be healed. And that, that word that you speak is powerful. Because the more you speak it, the more it's going to produce action because faith is action, and Jesus is waiting for us to move. He's not waiting for him to move because he's done everything that he will do. He's waiting for us to make a move. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. If I could only do that, if I could only touch Jesus. When David fought Goliath, 
he was on his way, and Goliath was yelling at him and saying, you know, curses, cursing him. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel that da- Goliath said this, and David said that. And Goliath said this, and David said, and David said. If you read it, you're going to see, you could underline every time it says, David said, David said, David said. And then what happened after David said so many times, David did. David did. Because he believed that the God of Israel was for him. And he believed that his God was way more powerful than Goliath and the Philistines. And therefore he spoke and he spoke and he said it again and he said it again and he spoke and he spoke. That it produced action to where there was a victory. Ephesians 6.17 says this. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. In this context, Paul is talking about the armor of God. And as you read it. It's all, it's the helmet, it's the breastplate, it's the belt, it's the boots, it's the shield. And it's all defensive. It's all to protect you. It's all to stand your ground. It's all to stand firm against the, the, the schemes and the wiles of the enemy, against the attacks of the, of the devil. By the way, sickness and disease is an attack of the devil. It's not from God. And the only thing he says to act, that's going to actually be an offensive weapon for you because you're not going to headbutt the devil. You're not going to kick the devil. You're going to take a sword and you're going to cut the devil. And the Bible says that take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And it's specifically when you speak the word of God. Every time you speak the word of God in the spiritual, you are swinging your sword and you are battling spiritual warfare. Probably the biggest miracle that I ever experienced was with our son, who is now five. When he was born, he was uh, very sick, several heart defects, and many surgeries. And throughout that process, we had to exercise our faith, my wife and I, because we were advocates. We are advocates for our children who cannot speak for themselves. And so this was very real right here. What we heard, what we chose to believe, and what we spoke. And one of the things that we spoke over and over again, he went into cardiac arrest. He was dying. His liver was, uh, was failing. He was on dialysis. He um, just multiple things. And it was, it was just rocky. It was, it was this, up and down, up and down. And it was, it was, you can imagine how difficult that is as a parent and as to see um, uh, a few-day-old baby, week-old baby, and not be able to, like, I want to do everything to, to take places with him. But what we declared was it was powerful. And I personally believe God used the hands of the physicians, and God used and met us where our faith was. And this was our declaration over and over and over again. Judah, you shall not live. I'm sorry, you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Judah, you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And we would say it. We would hear a bad report, and this is what we would say. By Jesus' stripes, Judah, you are healed. And we begin to say it. We begin to say it. We continue to say it over and over and over and over again. And I promise you, we saw the hand of God in miraculous ways. And to God be the glory. And I believe... I believe that the same Jesus that walked about healing people who were oppressed of the devil is the same Jesus that lives inside of you and me 
He does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he desires to heal you. He desires to, to fill you with his spirit. He desires to use you. And if you would just allow hope and faith to have its place, I believe that we will see miracles and we will see kingdom of heaven at work in this place. Jesus prayed, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I want to close out by praying. Um, if you have, if you believe in God for, for healing in your body, would you stand up right now? Just right there where you're at. All right, let's pray. Would you just close your eyes and lift up your hands in a, in a, in a, in a position of, 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 of receiving. I'm not the healer. We're not the healer. We, our job is to believe. God's job is to heal. He's the miracle worker. He is the way maker. And tonight, if you would connect your faith with this prayer, you can experience salvation in your body. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the word that is released tonight. Jesus, you were walking. You said, who touched me? And power came out from your body. Tonight, Lord, I pray that these who are standing right now, their faith would touch you tonight, Jesus. I thank you for your compassion over these. And we speak to these bodies in the name of Jesus, be healed. Sickness and disease must go, must bow in the name of Jesus. These bodies, I declare the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I declare that they function according to the original design of God. By your stripes, Jesus, we are healed. And we declare healing in this place. We declare healing over everybody who is standing up receiving right now. And we declare strength and restoration in the name of Jesus. And just like this woman, the Bible says that she felt in her body that she was healed. May this manifestation be true tonight. Be healed in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you thanks. We give you glory. We give you honor. The credit is yours. We are privileged and, and so grateful. And we believe that you want to heal us more than what we want. I thank you for this word, Lord. And I pray that it goes further. And produces fruit. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.